0: A few weeks ago we had an opportunity to speak with our next guest. Since we last talked with Dr. Brian Hodgkins, Executive Vice President of Clinical Services at the Desert Oasis Healthcare Organization, a lot of stuff has changed. Hasn't it, Brian? Oh yes, yes it has. So we've made it into the orange tier in Riverside County, and that indicates that, you know, we've hit this plateau that the state wants to see a county hit in terms of the number of people who are testing positive per 100,000 residents and that we maintain these averages uh, over, you know, a week's period of time and so on and so forth. Um, in order for us to get to the next tier, yellow, what do we have to do?
1: Yeah, well, so here, this is, this is kind of a, both exciting and scary news. Uh, we got the you know every Tuesday Riverside updates its numbers and we were we had been at 3.5 new daily cases per hundred thousand and we ticked up just to 3.6 but our positivity rate remains at 2.0 percent which is which is very good. California had set for the most lenient tier the yellow tier you had to be below one new case per hundred thousand and one percent positivity rate. However, because California has done such a really superb job. They've administered over 4.4 million vaccines into lower socioeconomic status areas that when they look at the state adjustments for that, we just need to be below 2% and two cases per 100,000 to to reach the final, the yellow tier. Now, the governor has stated that by June 15th, if these numbers continue to trend in the way that we hope they do, that uh, they're going to lift all the tiering and, and remove the color coding from uh, you know, normal business operations across the state. And that would really be a fantastic, uh, I think, hurdle to cross. Uh, but, right, but uh, we I,
0: we could end up going the other direction if people oh, don't it, remain vigilant in their hand washing and their mask wearing and so on, right?
1: Absolutely. And, and we have to thank Riverside County. I, I, I think the county as a whole and all the organizations and institutions that have helped the county uh, do vaccine work got to push the messaging out to do all those good um, you know infection control hygiene you know just the messaging and the imploring have done a great job i mean we 've given over one point three million doses to a population just over two million we 're nearing four hundred and fifty thousand totally vaccinated people here in riverside county and so i I expect that our county is and the Coachella Valley is going to continue to uh, shine at least from a county heck we 're below We're behind Stanislaus as far as the total cases uh, in hospital right now. So uh, these are all good signals, but, uh, you know, this this fight's not over. So we need to continue to be diligent and uh, continue to do the things we've asked, which is get vaccinated if you can.
0: Right. And, Brian, along that line, I mean, I keep hoping that the more people who get vaccinated and people who know those people who are getting vaccinated, that the reluctance, the vaccine hesitancy will diminish even more. Do you see signs that that is happening? Because I still hear from people who say, I'm going to go and I'm going to buy one of these cards. And I, first of all, I'm thinking, why would you buy a piece of cardboard that you can get for not having to spend any money and just go in and get the damn shot? But I get it that some people still have this paranoia that something bad is going to happen. And in part, I think that is born out of situations like we're hearing about now with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Can you give us an update on where that is?
1: Sure. Uh, first first of all, the, the good news is the J&J vaccine has just recently, I mean, for all t- intents and purposes, there's only been about 7 million doses of the J&J vaccine administered over the entire United States. And, and, and the pause that the CDC and NIH and APIC have put on the vaccine is really due to a very rare occurrence. Right now, the numbers are one in a million. But if you look at the European uh, medication uh, reporting, the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is also a viral vector vaccine built on the same chassis as the J&J, so that they're done very similarly, has had about 44 of these cases uh, in the millions of patients that they vaccinated. First of all, this is a very exceedingly rare side effect. Right now in the U.S., it's one in a million so the odds uh, of, of experiencing something like that is going to be exceedingly rare. However, it is a serious side effect. And we're monitoring to determine whether or not this type of clotting, which is ex- this is not like a normal DVT that you would get from, you know, flying on an airplane or taking birth control pills. This is uh, associated with low platelet counts. And we would call it almost like a white clot. So it would be treated differently so they can be treated uh, they don't have to be severe. Some of them resolve on their own in one or two days. So it's just something that we're going to have to try to understand over the next two or three days. I'm I'm certain they'll either resume this or they'll limit it to um, uh, less risky. And when I say less risky, where the odds of you getting this um, are balanced with you having a poor outcome to getting COVID. But we have the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine available in the Valley We've given over 35,000 doses ourselves without any significant issues. So what's available really are excellent vaccines. And we expect J&J to be back in the market and being in people's arms probably by uh, early next week.
0: And as some people hear, and it it certainly has been more common that we hear this with people who have taken the Moderna vaccine, and most of them uh, that do report these things, it's usually on the second dosage. Uh, where they've gotten sick, where they've had flu-like symptoms, and so on. Uh, I have a couple of people who've worked with us here who experienced that um, fallout after having it done. Uh, the good news is is that really kind of indicates it's doing its job. It's just that different bodies respond in different ways. Is that not correct?
1: That's, that's totally correct. I, I talk to patients all the time and they tell me, uh, they say, Brian, you know, I, I didn't have any side effects. Are you sure this thing is working? And so really the side effect reporting from from the vaccines, both Moderna and Pfizer, which are the two vaccines we've been administering, right. have been ex- exceedingly predictable, a mild. We have had some strange, you know, r- responses where people still have ar- arm pain and a little lymphadenopathy, which is like swelling in the armpit. Uh like months after the shot the second shot and, and this is just we call it it's called covid arm but certainly we've seen a a weird variation of side effects from this new novel vaccine against the novel virus so all, all things to be expected and predictive of a ninety, ninety-five 95 efficacy and safety profile so
0: sure these are
1: and, the best things we've seen in a long time
0: and the cdc is doing a really good job of The follow-up, the follow-through, and and knowing what is going on with people who are getting it. I know, in fact, just before you came on the air with us this afternoon, uh, in our last break, I received my daily uh, V-safe check-in from the CDC on an app on my phone uh, where I go in and I report what my uh, conditions are today. Did I have any sort of... uh, ill feelings, any sort of headaches or, or other, uh, symptoms that may have come as a result of having had the shot, which my second vaccine was last Wednesday. And I've been doing this each day since getting it, um, the second vaccine. And they did it, I think the last time, uh, for the first shot, this process went on for roughly a, a week or so, uh, that they do the follow through and, um, and specifying that, in fact, if you're having uh, some sort of ill symptom, that they may be in touch with you to talk to you more about it. That's got to be a pretty gargantuan task in and of itself, just to be following up with hundreds of millions of people getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Oh,
1: absolutely. Uh, The U.S., you know, we're we're nearly at 140 million doses of, you know, single-dose, and about 70 million people have gotten both doses. But we should be proud of the fact that even this rare clotting from J&J, so the v is you can participate if you want through the app on your phone. It's not required. But there's another uh, reporting system called VARES, which had detected the signal of these rare clotting uh, reports from people who literally diligently put in the side effects reported to them from, from patients. So that's how we were able to pick up the signal. And, and we should be proud of the fact that we have such a safe, robust system to detect uh, issues related and, uh, to these vaccines. So it makes it even more safe.
0: And we know uh, that Desert Oasis Healthcare uh, is not just sitting still on its campuses doing this work, but you guys also have a new mobile unit that you go out with, right?
1: Our mobile unit is traveling the globe. Um, You know, I think Elon Musk is even impressed with the way this thing gets about. But, yeah, we've we've been using this to go out into the community uh, to address, uh, you know, equity issues about getting people who wouldn't have access to the vaccine, who maybe can't certain places. Um, So we're sending that out. We're continuing to vaccinate now as much of the community as we ever have. We're giving just shy of a thousand doses a day. That has not let up. Uh, We have Desert Art coming up. We're doing a program with them, with the teachers. Uh, from Desert Sands Unified School District and Palm Springs, so have vaccine. We'll travel. We'll 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 show up. If you need us, we're going to show up and vaccinate your workers, your family members, your neighbors. So uh, keep track, and you can go on my DOHC and sign up for a vaccine today if you're if you're interested. I urge you to do it. I it's keep
0: quick. It's, it's I keep getting nervous when I see stories that involve uh, <laughs> Riverside County Supervisor Jeff Hewitt quoted in them and starting to talk about herd immunity because I don't think that the supervisors are probably the best educated to be talking about a topic like that, but maybe you could tell us where things are at on that front because I keep hearing herd immunity being thrown around a lot in Riverside County of late.
1: Yeah, so so this is an interesting um, phenomenon. Basically, you want the virus to run out of either people to to infect, And this requires either a large segment of the population be vaccinated or another large segment of the uh, population have had the natural infection from COVID. When you add those two together, you want to get around 80 percent or more because we know these vaccines are so effective. Um, It may be a little bit less than that, but let's just say it's 75 to 80 percent. And that's traditional herd immunity in, in the U.S. or other healthcare models. And the other thing about herd immunity is it can be localized. Like a city could achieve herd immunity if 100% of the members that live there had COVID.
0: One of the questions I have along this line is what the difference is between the vaccine and natural immunity when it comes to working against the variants.
1: Yeah, that's that's an excellent question. And people are, have asked me um, a lot about why is California doing so well in the country as far as low positivity rates and low rates of transmissibility Uh, given the fact that we have both the British variant, and California has its own strange variant known as the L452R variant. And we think it's because the California's variant uh, has been around longer than the B7117, and so we're seeing less spread. But here's the answer to the question specifically, is the vaccine appears to generate higher and more specific antibody response from the patient, from anyone who's been vaccinated the natural infection does raise antibody levels, but not to the degree, and we are, we're thinking now, maybe not even the durability of what the vaccines can offer. That's why we are vaccinating people who have had COVID, uh, not not waiting three months, but literally as soon as the symptoms have cleared, we're vaccinating people to uh, further boost their immunity so that we will eventually, uh, hopefully, reach herd immunity. And so this is important because... The vaccines are very protective against the variants, all the variants, South Africa, South America, the British, even the California. And we've already known if you get vaccinated, um, asymptomatic spread is less or non-existent. You're not gonna get hospitalized and you're not gonna die. If you haven't been vaccinated at all, all those things are still in play. Even if 80% of all of Californians have been vaccinated or got the infection, Four out of five people who meet each other um, can't infect anyone, but that's still one out of five can still be infected, so there's still low transmission as far as the percentage but still significant when uh we want to try to get to eighty five ninety percent
0: absolutely and again, uh ladies and gentlemen, don't necessarily listen to me and don't definitely don't listen to. Political figures, because you never know what their motives are. Hopefully, most politicians understand that the welfare of those people that they serve, uh, you know, is of utmost importance. And so, you do get legitimate information. But when we have the opportunity to talk with healthcare professionals who know their stuff when it comes to this, that's what you need to go with, not not with rumors and hearsay. Uh, And so we have to follow the science, and we appreciate, uh, Brian, that you are helping us to do that. Now, I know that Desert Oasis Healthcare was going to be involved uh, participating in the monitoring of schools. And with uh, many of the elementary schools uh, back now, some of the high schools across the valley, uh, you know, just yesterday, last night, the Palm Springs School Board has uh, decided that they're going to Uh, have uh, high school students back in the class by the 26th of April. Since they can't get their vaccinations yet, um, what are you guys doing to help them make sure that, uh, you know, that we don't have a situation that gets out of hand?
1: Yeah, so we're still doing uh, full-scale testing for anyone who needs testing. You don't have to be symptomatic. Uh, it could be for any reason in fact we're testing if people need to travel and they need to get a result within 72 hours we're testing there we've offered to test in every uh, uh, all the high school uh, districts for sports uh, athletics indoors or outdoors but right now the tiering we've uh, been able to achieve has kind of supplanted uh, that need but we're still testing And, and another good thing is 16 and above can get vaccinated so that's a lot of high school kids And don't be surprised if before the end of this year, probably end of summer, uh, we're going to see that lower down to 12 years old. The the current studies in pediatrics have been 100% effective and safe from 12 years up to 18. And there are ongoing trials right now with six months and above. And so we expect that the large segment of that population who is getting sick now, which is literally the 15 to 40, um, they're going to get vaccinated and then we're going to just deal with the pediatrics, and that should close the circle.
0: Great. And I'm personally jumping on a airplane uh, for the first time in 20 months next Friday, and I will have just cleared by a couple of days the two-week post-second vaccination uh, hurdle. Uh, is there anything that I or anybody else who is traveling because they have – had all of their vaccinations need to be concerned about, besides, of course, that you still have a responsibility to wear a mask when you're on board a commercial jetliner. Uh, is, is there anything I need to worry about in terms of being able to prove anything that I've been vaccinated or, or any of that?
1: Now, now, most travel, uh, if it's international travel, each of the countries will have their own requirement. Uh, I'm not even sure if Hawaii still has their requirement on quarantining, and we're not quite uh, to the point of vaccine passports. That's very controversial, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of the commercial industries do come out with some way to for you to verify that you have been vaccinated in the future. That will allow unfettered travel to happen much more easily. Uh, if you are traveling, uh, I would carry the card with you—the card that shows you got two doses. Now that's not fail uh, fail safe, right? There's a right. lot. Of- out of cards out there but at least if if that comes up in conversation you could demonstrate you're vaccinated and i would still urge you know even though we know that vaccinated people among vaccinated people exceedingly safe you don't know who's on the plane with you or who you're meeting so still use caution and be smart about how you interact so mask uh good hand washing hygiene and all those other things should be exceedingly protective of anyone traveling and 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 happy travel it's nice to know you're getting out and about
0: thank you i am looking forward to being able to see some family for the first time in a year and a half and i think a lot of people are looking forward to the exact same thing but look folks you have a responsibility for the sake of yourself and other people to get vaccinated And I appreciate Dr. Brian Hodgins joining us again today from Desert Oasis Healthcare. Brian, I'll look forward to catching up with you again, I hope uh, not later than early May. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. Vaccines is hot.